And welcome back. Monday, January 25th. We had a Leafs win last night. We had a Toronto 6 blow a massive lead. That was embarrassing. Uh, the <laughs> Bills are out. Conor McGregor has fallen. And it was just a full weekend of sports. So out of all the things I just listed, I think we got McGregor, the Leafs, uh, the Toronto 6, and the Buffalo Bills. Which one do you want to start with? Let's go with Matt. Um, we'll go with the Leafs. I feel like it would be the shortest. Well, they won. Um, yeah, that's why it'll be the shortest because it's not much to co- complain about. Uh, Jack Campbell stood in his head. We got scoring from uh, Simmons and a few unexpected uh, people. The uh, yeah, all in all, a good game. Happy we got the two points. If I'm Wayne, if I'm Wayne Simmons, I'm telling everybody I meant to bounce it off my own skate into the net. Exactly. Yeah, it would look a uh, sound a lot cooler too. Yeah, that was uh, a game full of goals that weren't that pretty, right? Like. Uh... I don't think there was a clean goal in that game for the Leafs. Muzzin had a fl- Muzzin had a floater that just kind of went in. Uh, the Matthews goal shouldn't have really been credited to Matthews because I think it tipped off like just the edge of his blade. And then uh, the Simmons goal was supposed to be a pass and it bounced off his own skate. So sometimes you just get lucky to win a game, right? No, the Leafs have been very lucky this year. Hopefully they dodge a bullet with the Jack Campbell injury. He said he was fine after the game, but. Is that when Matt Kachuk laid on top of him? Yeah, he also tried to push post to post earlier in the play. Uh, mm. and it looked like he overextended his leg. And the backup, the backup backup, the third string guy right now is Michael mm. Hutchinson. And I don't think Leafs fans want to go down that road again. Because uh, he does not have a very good track, good, very good track record in Toronto, Mikey Hutchinson. So hopefully Campbell's fine. I'm assuming Anderson will play tomorrow. Um, but Brandon, you brought up a good point. You said Matthews didn't look 100%, and he did say after the game he is still battling a hand injury, but he, oh. was, he feels good enough to play. So I didn't know it was a hand injury. I thought it was those cross-check stemming injuries. I thought they were to the back of the rib, but a hand injury is kind of something that is finicky. As a hockey player, you need your hands, and mm-hmm. you need all the soft and subtleness in them too. If they, If it's tight, if it's bruised, if it's you know broken even so you can't do as half the things you can do normally because Matthews is a finesse player and his hands are a huge part of that I'm not giving him any I don't know leeway he dressed up and got ready to play in your NHL so you get paid the big bucks to do that um if, if it's a big injury I don't know why it's not disclosed yeah uh, I think it's because he's able to play through it like he I only noticed he looked off when you pointed it out to me. I started watching him a little closer, and I was like, you know what? He's giving the puck not away, but giving it up a lot quicker. Like he would, yeah. Really he's trying to get it off his stick. Yeah, 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 yeah. He wasn't holding on to it as long. I, I, I only noticed that after you pointed it out. So, um, I don't know. Like, hopefully, he's fine. I mean, we obviously saw with Tavares last year. He broke his finger, and he never got back to 100. percent Right. A hand injury. If you're a shooter like Matthews is, you need your hands to shoot. So yeah, you need that. Am I the only one who constantly asking myself how Mitch Marner has ten points? <laughs> no, he's a good player, Josh. I don't I, know. I know, he, I know he's a good player, but I just don't like. He just seems to be. It's a quiet ten points. You know what I mean? Like a couple empty netters, a couple nice passes, but it just doesn't. He's kind of snuck up there. I know what you mean. It doesn't really seem like he's like dominating to say like the puck's not always on a stick. Yeah. The one thing I'll give Mitch Marner is he makes plays out of nothing. And, like, I just think it's kind of insane. Like you said, he does have 10 points. He's leading the league in points last time I checked. 
I think McDavid and uh, Kopitar have 10 points too, but like, you got to give him credit. Like, I just think all the big guys right now are going for the Leafs, and that's why we're at the top of the division. Yeah, you said all the big guys. I would like to see a little, a little more from Nylander. He's kind of dropped off after that first game. He had a nice Yeah, assist. the first couple of games he went pretty well, but maybe yeah. that was because – um, I don't know. Do you guys think just Tavares and Nylander on the second power play unit and it kind of gets uh, mixed up all the time? Do you think that kind of affects them? Because John Tavares has all power play goals. Nylander was good on the power play, but can you sustain – the two units for the long run, you think, or should we load up power play one? I don't understand why you don't load up power play one. That's why that's kind of what I think. I just think like, like you saw Simmons get a power play goal, but like when our power plays was Simmons, Thornton, Marner, Riley, and Matthews, Marner, Riley, and Matthews are the only ones that touch the puck. And on the second unit, the only ones that touch the puck are Nylander and Tavares. So I just feel like, what, like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I know Thornton Simmons are good to get involved, but I would just say screw it and load a power play one. I understand the balancing of your four lines. I don't understand balancing your power plays because if you're if you load up your power play one, you don't need your power play two. Exactly. Right? Whoa. Like you can load up power play one and have them out there for a minute 40. Yeah. Right? So, random. You want to hear some breaking news? Sure. I guess. I don't know. You probably maybe, maybe you don't. I don't know. The NHL has issued a ruling on the status of former Arizona GM, John Chaika. Haven't seen the full document, but there is dispension. There is a suspension through December 31st, 2021. Wow. So I don't know what happened there. Do you know anything? That was that, remember that whole combine thing we talked about a couple months ago? Yeah. So them trying to uh, recruit differently or do different kind of, yeah. So there you go. That kind of broke, I guess. I don't know if you heard about that, but he doesn't have a. Who's he with now? Chaika. Yeah. I think he's doing some marketing thing for New Jersey. I heard that was a job. So I don't know if it's like hockey specific, because that New Jersey owner is like a billionaire and he owns um other sport teams. So I think it might just be a broad uh job, just with more pay behind the scenes. Yeah, I know Josh and I watched watched this, so we'll move right along. That's I don't really know too much about that, but. Our boys and um, the Buffalo Bills. Do you want to talk about them or to the Toronto Six first? Let's stick with hockey. Let's go to the Toronto Six. Not just the Six, though. The NWHL, that whole – I don't know if you guys – I know, Brandon, you watched some of it. Matt, you might have seen clips from it. Uh, the NWHL kicked off their bubble, Lake Placid, where the uh, Herb Brooks Arena, where the Marathon Ice took place. And they played their first six games of the season. Uh, Toronto Six started the season off against the – was it the Ribs? Yeah, the Metropolitan Ribbeteers. Uh, lost three nothing. They played well, outshot them forty to nineteen, but they got goalied. Uh, the Rivers goalie played really well, and then the second game against oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Connecticut. Connecticut Whale. They were up five one uh, with a minute to go in the second, and they lost six five in a shootout. So yeah, that was tough to watch. Fully embracing the Toronto sports scene by blowing a huge lead. <laughs> I it. I'm not going to focus on the Sixes play too much. Uh, obviously, we had – they got their – they didn't score in their first game, but they scored five in their second one, so they do have a flurry of offense there. The goaltending was all right. Um, I think they might be looking for some more consistency from their goaltenders moving forward. But, you know, it's their first two games. Like, Brandon and I interviewed Digit. They haven't practiced together. Right, these two first games, they're not out of it yet. They can, they still got four games left to push into a, a, a playoff spot. But 
Uh, it, it was nice to see. And the, I just want to touch on the presentation of it. They're doing all their games on Twitch. I thought it looked really good. I like the chat on the side. Um, they're doing a really good job of including everybody in the game. And they got some different camera angles that like NBC or CBS or, uh, you know, TSN don't, don't have. I love that bench angle where they cut to the bench and you can see what the coaches are saying to the players. I thought it was, uh, you know, it was presented really well. The only issue I had with it is when they score a goal, they turn the lights off. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't get that. Yeah, that's what they do with the Bulldogs used to do that. Yeah, it was weird. Because the, the first goal was scored and the lights went off. I'm like, uh-oh, power surge or something. Oh. No. Uh, no, and then I, I think it was the the second game on the first day, maybe it was the third game, the Twitch feed went down. And the only way to watch the games are on Twitch. So they actually paused the game for 20 minutes so you could get the, uh, the Twitch feed back up for everybody to watch. So, wow. they're really, yeah, they're really embracing their viewers. And uh, shout out to Alyssa Turner, who's been doing a great job of covering the six and uh, Metropolitan. So uh, we keep up with them on Twitter. But the six, they play again tomorrow. Hopefully my jersey will be here by then. Let's get to the Bills. Matt. Yeah, that was good uh, coverage of them. Um... The women's game, I think they're doing a great thing, just marketing stuff. You saw it on SportsCenter. And I think every shout-out we give them or just other brands and uh, t television, that would be uh, good. And it's kind of cool that's going on Twitch. It's definitely um younger generation. I know a lot of my friends uh, watched on Twitch, and Twitch is a big uh, media outlet. But going to the Bills, Josh texted me when I think it was 9 nothing Bills. He didn't, I don't remember the exact words. He didn't say we had it in the bag, but he said the Chiefs look off or something. And I like, did you guys actually think the Bills were gonna blow them out? Because the whole time I kind of no. felt like the Chiefs were gonna win. Yeah. No. Like, no offense when, to you Bills fans, but like, I would have been shocked if they beat Kansas City. Like, when Kansas City turned it on, it was done. I had a moment of hope from when they dropped the punt, and then the Bills. <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe they don't have it today, and then they. They scored a touchdown, missed the field goal, and then they stormed right back up the field. I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. And then yeah. it was uh, – I don't know. Like, I'm proud of the Bills for what they did this year. Like, they made it to a Final Four. That's yeah. something, you know, I'm sure we would all die for a team that we cheer for. But I just think if you come into that game, maybe better prepared because they had – they kept referring it to to it on the cover on the, uh, the TV coverage as sticky coverage. Like, nobody could get open. It was – you know, Kansas played them so well defensively, and Josh Allen at times just looked lost. Mahomes never really was challenged. And when a defender got into the box with Mahomes, they didn't give him a rough time. Right? And yeah, but just to go back to that, like, I don't think anyone can shut down Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Like, you know what I mean? Just to give Bills the credit. They tried, they fought. You saw them try to push people out of bounds. And, like, you're right. They didn't get to Mahomes at all. They definitely needed a new uh, defensive game plan but like even if you're Tampa like we don't want need to jump to the Super Bowl but like I just don't see how people can guard Kelsey and Hill no I don't see it either uh Tampa is gonna it's gonna be a battle of offenses in the Super Bowl for sure and maybe we can we'll probably have yeah we're definitely gonna have a show before the Super Bowl so we can talk more about that closer to the Super Bowl yeah we're a Super Bowl but, show uh, sure we can do a Super Bowl show but um it, uh, it's been it, it was hard to watch because I know Brandon said that if the if the Bills won, he was going to jump through a table. So I'm kind of upset about that. But yeah, I, I really I was having a rough day yesterday. I was like uh, against the world, and even when the uh, the Packers lost, I was I wasn't I wasn't uh, it wasn't it didn't seem right because after 
I saw some chintzy plays, uh, calls, non-calls in that Buffalo Bills game. I just led me right to the the corrupt side of the NFL that just they had to get the ratings for the young goat and the old goat in the Super Bowl. And I don't know if that's what's what had happened, but I mean Tom Brady took care of business. But I think there's it was kind of blown. It, it was a huge opportunity missed for uh, the Bills to make a good game out of yesterday. I don't know if it was something to do with a little bit of chintziness on the side, but I don't like the fact that everyone's really just overlooking the fact that, you know, it was, they had, I'm like, I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off that the Bills lost because it's just this young goat and this old goat thing I see everywhere. You've seen it everywhere. It's kind of embarrassing to the fact that it seems overshadowed by a, a team game now. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Brady and how he got it done. I, uh, I didn't watch that game because I can't stand watching Tom Brady, but what I saw he threw three picks and they still won. So yeah, that's kind of a, if you pick off a QB three times, you should probably win that game. And yeah. So Green Bay couldn't get it done. So maybe that was written in the stars from the beginning of the game, but Matt, did, Just, you, watch, did you watch the Green Bay game or no? I watched all the games and like a lot of people talk about the three picks, the penalties, but I don't know if you guys saw it, but it all kind of came down to the, uh, just before the two minute warning, they had three plays on the goal line, literally uh, probably eight yards left and Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur couldn't get it done with the play calling. They elected a field goal and they yeah, thought they were going to get the ball back from Tom Brady. So that is just kind of the biggest takeaway from this game. I know people talk about the penalties, the, the picks was that pass interference. Did he grab a jersey? All that stuff. But in my opinion, it came down to that. And like Matt Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers didn't get it done. Like if they scored a touchdown there, like they would have had to go for two and stuff. But like, if you have Aaron Rodgers and you have four plays to get a touchdown, you get a touchdown. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh... They didn't even go for it on fourth down. Like they practically gave. Like as soon as Brady gets the ball, two minutes left, you're not getting it back. Right. And I, the Bills kind of went through the same thing too because. They, um, on the first, first drive of the game, they had, it was fourth and one and they went for it. I was like, perfect. That's what you got to do against this team, against the Chiefs. Be aggressive on those fourth and whatevers, you know, get it done. This is, if you want to play the championship game, you got to go for it. And then it seemed to be like, that was the only aggressive play they made all day. Yeah. I think they settled for like three field goals after that when it was yeah. just like, like they were the most, I think and I might be wrong. But they were the most successful team on third and fourth downs this season when they went for it. And, yeah, they just weren't able to get it done, and it, it's upsetting. But uh, if you're a Buffalo's Bills fan, you got to be feeling pretty good about having Allen and Diggs for the next couple of years. So um, maybe this was just a sign of things to come. And when you beat the Chiefs later down the line, it's just going to be oh so much sweeter. So, uh, Brandon, your boys in the Super Bowl. Wait, My I want I want to ask Brandon something. Why do you hate the Brady versus Mahomes matchup? Man, I just feel like it could have been – I feel like it was uh, – I, I think I said at the end of the – sorry, at the end of the statement, it kind of it overshadows a team game. Like the Buffalo Bills bring a team aspect, a fan aspect, a mafia aspect, if you will. And the Chiefs bring a superstar quarterback who came off a week of concussion. Like I don't even understand turf toe and how he could play through it. Like it's all just a bunch of words being said right now, and I don't believe what I'm seeing uh, to see. Like it kind of – I even – it was favored. I was betting against the Packers, but the Packers lost. I don't know what's going on. I was trying to see more of a team aspect, and the, the Bills make a better game out of it. I don't know if I'm disappointed in the Bills, or I don't know if I think everything's corrupt. So, I, I think I figured it out. Roger Goodell has it out for you. I hate Roger Goodell, man. Yeah. 
he found your Twitter and he's like, I'm going to screw this guy over. No, it's nothing personal. The young goat and the, uh, and the Tom Brady thing. I mean, it's, it, they are the best, but it, it shies away from the whole team aspect of the sport. Right. And, uh, know it's it's gonna be a good super bowl super bowl always delivers um oh no it's gonna be a great super bowl mentioned the uh first time ever the home team has had the home and like had home field the tampa bay Buccaneers. that's my question because the the whole idea of holding a super bowl in a neutral site is so nobody has home team advantage Matt, you might know the answer to this. Are they going to present the game as a neutral site game, or is it going to be presented as a home game for the Bucks? No, they present it as a neutral site game. And, like, it's not like you can just buy your way in. I think uh, – I don't want to get the numbers wrong, but I want to say uh, it will be half capacity, and a lot of that will be um, the first-line responders and stuff. I think we talked about the last episode. So, like, the Bucks, they might have a home team field, but, like, in terms of, like, the logo and stuff, the NFL does brand it as um, – the 50 it's Super Bowl, whatever Super Bowl number it is. Right. So, like, no, I don't really think home field will be that much of an issue. Okay. Now, I was just wondering about that because it kind of, you know, you, you go to the Super Bowl and it's always a neutral site game, right? Which I think makes the most sense. Um, yeah. And, and then, also, just to come to the league's defense, it was announced that it was going to be in Tampa before Tom Brady joined the Bucks. Well, Tampa made the most sense at the time, too, because it's in Florida and you know you're probably going to be able to get a crowd in Florida. That's why just going out like WrestleMania, they want fans this year, so they're doing it in Florida. But Josh, I think it was announced even before like COVID. Like I think they announced no. it like, no, you it sure? Wasn't. Yeah. Okay. Because I think it was the two-year Florida thing because it was in Miami last year. So I think they sold it as just a Florida package. It was supposed to be in Vegas this year, I believe, because of the new stadium. Oh, maybe. I think. I think. I might be wrong there. Maybe I'm getting it mixed up with something else. Yeah, it's not, it's not uh, just to kind of maybe not wrap up football, just to kind of get the gears going. I know we're no. probably going to talk about more of the Super Bowl, but just initial reaction, who's winning it? Chiefs. I don't, no, you, I don't think you can compete with Mahomes. No? No. They're, they're, the X factor, though, is always Tom Brady. Like, you just, at this point, who can doubt him? Um, but... I just like this Chiefs team over the last two years has just been so dominant, and nobody's been able to compete with them. And I, if the Bucks win, I wouldn't be surprised just because of the fact they do have Brady. But if looking at it from just a team versus team on paper matchup, it, it's got to be the Chiefs. Okay. So, what do you think, Matt? I have no idea. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's go, Bucks. All right. We'll have to have a little side bet on the show. That's why I do it. All right. All right. Uh, so speaking of uh, commissioners having it in for someone, do we know if Dana White got his guy? <laughs> Dana White did not get his guy because That's I funny. saw on Twitter, Instagram, the internet, I have no idea how much money they lost, but <laughs> everyone I know watched it illegally. I'll just put that out there. You know what I want to mention? I was watching the Pat McAfee podcast before I hopped on here, and they were talking about the same thing. And uh, in the States, the ESPN Plus service was down for uh, a lot of people. And uh, a lot of, I guess, internet individuals are saying that that's what Dana White gets for crossing people who hack streams. And, uh, yeah, exactly. So 
I think that it kind of, I think that might have, I think it'd be, think it'd be cool if that happened, if the whole internet hack community came against Dana White and fucked up uh, ESPN Plus, where everyone was paying for events. They actually had to refund people too. Yeah, that's crazy. So uh, the illegal guys win again, if that makes any sense. Do we hate Dana White on this show, boys? Because I feel like he gets a lot of flack for being like, you kind of see him hype up fights, but then whoever loses, he doesn't say a word to and ever wins. He hugs and acts like that was his guy. Like, he, I, like Eminem was yelling at him. And that, I was like not, that, that was an act. That was part of a music video. Oh, it was? Yeah. What? Yeah, that, was a, that wasn't an actual Sports Center interview. It was for an intro to his music video. Well, regardless, Eminem <laughs> was spitting facts, which was hilarious. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't like Dana White. What about you guys? I don't mind Dana White because he knows how to promote. And I'm all about when I when I see sports, I want to be entertained. And Dana White knows how to promote a fight, entertain a fight, and get interest in a fight. But I do see where you're coming from when you say he only talks about the people that make him money. He didn't talk about any of the other losers from the fights. But when someone asked him about, about McGregor coming back, he talked about him for like 10 minutes because he knows that next McGregor fight is going to make so much money. Yeah, I know. But I just feel like all these guys retire, and then they probably want to retire for good. And he always comes back with, Oh, this guy, I know he's going to fight. He's going to fight. So, like, it just kind of makes it seem like he doesn't really give a fuck about them, like, personality-wise. Uh, I, when, you know, he, when it, so McGregor was the original one to do it. He said he was going to retire. Yeah. He, he came out of retirement to fight Floyd. No, but that's more of a money thing. If you make 100 mil, yeah. But, like, I thought I heard that he only made, like, 5 million for last night. Well, he did, but that's huge in UFC payouts. Uh, no, but I'm saying if you already have $100 million, if oh, I'm McGregor, uh, well, I don't understand why I come out just for a $5 million fight. McGregor's gone through some shit. <laughs> uh, I think we can all agree that over the last couple of years. He got his ass kicked by, by yeah. Floyd, and then he lost to, um, lost to Khabib. Uh, he had a rebound fight against Cowboy. I might be missing one in there, but I think that's what he's done. And then... Um, you know, he's grown up with his kid. And I think he's kind of seen that, like, yeah, he has the money now, but he's a fighter. He always has been. If you go back to his roots, he was, like, he's always wanted to be in that cage. So I think it's more that mindset where he doesn't think he's done in the cage yet. And, you know, he doesn't need the money. Dude, trust but... me, after last night, he should think he's done. I don't think he's done. He's done. Well, I don't know if he thinks he's done, but talent-wise, he's done. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he once he gets the ring rust off, he'll be fine. They've said that for the last like three fights, though. You know but, what I'm trying uh, to say? I mean, he was all over Cowboy when he fought when he fought Cowboy. So I know, but like, don't forget though, think... Dustin Poirier is a great fight. Like, that's not take it away from Poirier. Poirier is a fantastic fighter. No, but that wasn't the same fight last night as it was all those years ago. Do you know what I mean? Like, he looked yeah. like a different fighter, and he's kind of losing his step. And he I was, just feel like he was trying I to box. Just, Exactly. Like, he, he always loses on the ground. And then you look at where the UFC's going with Khabib. Like, whoever's on top, you kind of try to make your model more like him. Like, you see in basketball, everyone wants to be Steph Curry and pull up with threes. You see it in boxing. It's a lot more defensive now. That's why people say it gets boring. And I just think all these young fighters are going to, you know, Connor gets tired, take him to the ground, and let's just make this ugly. So, the thing with Khabib is – and everyone's asking why doesn't Khabib get the money fights why don't people want to watch Khabib it's because his fights are boring because he takes it to the ground nobody wants to see that but people forget like in boxing UFC to like win consistently you kind of need to be boring do you know what I'm trying to say 
I know what you're saying, but yeah, like I just touched on earlier, sports is about entertainment. People want to be entertained. No, hard... I'm a fighter. Like I think Mayweather yeah. always said it. I don't really care. You know what I mean? Because I'm winning. Like everyone built up the Pacquiao Mayweather fight and all these fights, and they're like, oh, it's a letdown. It was boring because the guy who's supposed to win won by doing what he does best, and what he does best is boring. You know what I'm trying to say? So yeah. I feel like all these people need to understand that it's actually a sport. And it's not just, oh, we're boxing. We're going to stand there and beat the shit out of each other. Like, you actually need – you know what I'm trying to say? So I I just think a lot of fans are trying to hop on this fighting wave. And, like, especially for me, like, I would say, like, I'm not the biggest UFC guy. So I don't pretend, like, oh, I'm going to get so excited for this fight, this fight. Because they don't just stand there for five-minute rounds beat the shit out of each other. No, they don't. But like some, guys, more, some guys, some some two. If you get two, if you get two boxers in there, you probably will see a lot more punches thrown than if you get like a jujitsu guy against. Yeah, a, do you think that fighting uh, style's dead of just standing there and trading them? I think it should be. I don't know that women's tight that women's featherweight uh, flyweight fight was. Uh, they were throwing some bombs, so I don't know. I think. I think they are good. You're going to see more of a trend towards fights that are going to have two guys or girls standing up and swinging than fights on the ground because nobody wants to see a wrestling match on the floor. But if I'm a fighter, I don't care. That's my point. But who pays you? If you're the sport, who pays you? Well, you get paid for wins and belts, not how you do it. But how do you get that money? Through views. Wins and belts. No, you don't. No, it it doesn't matter. If you have zero viewers, you're not getting paid. No, but I'm just saying people watch because it's your, the winner gets a belt. So I'm right. saying even if I win and it's boring, like the Mayweather-Pacquiao thing was huge because they were un- Mayweather's undefeated and Pacquiao was close to it. Like, you know what I mean? It's always that 15-0, this and oh. So Khabib, he's never lost. So I just think even if Khabib, his next fight is against you, people are just going to watch because he's undefeated, you know? Dude, I'm not stepping anywhere near that guy. Yeah, I know. I just want to pick on you. That'd be funny. Um, Brandon, you watched the fight, right? No, did you? I saw highlights. Uh, yeah, I saw highlights. No, I, I watched it. Um, I thought one of the most like, I don't know, it's just gra- entrances always get my attention. And when McGregor came out to his foggy do entrance and like the ring went green and that intro played, oh, it just kind of gave me goosebumps a little bit because that's his like old song that he would come out to. Um, and it was good to hear it again. Like, I don't know, it just kind of connected me to, and you hear a hype entrance in WWE, like you hear Edge's music hit, or Vince <laughs> yeah, Hunter, yeah. where the Undertaker's gone. And it just kind of related to, it had that level of hype for me. And then Poirier came out to like this hip hop jump rope song. <sighs> Same, right? Like his entrance, was, I just thought that was pretty cool. And then the rest of the fight, that's history. Next steps for the fighter. Um, I'm sure we've all seen this by now because he was trending within minutes. Jake Paul offered to fight Conor McGregor, but he said instead of fifty million, he's gonna pay him ten grand. Um, I'll go first. Go ahead, Matt. There is no way Jake Paul had fifty million <laughs> for because, <laughs> like, not that it matters, but like, I don't think he's with like an agency, and I think all of his YouTube fights, like, I know they got the Staples Center once, I think, but I think it's more just I book it, and then whoever shows up shows up. <laughs> Because he was putting on Twitter and Instagram that I'm fighting April 13th, but I don't know who yet, but I haven't booked. And it's like, I've never seen that strategy before. Like, so it's, a, it's an open challenge? Yeah, it's like, it's, like, it's like booking a wedding place for a wedding and not having a girl marry and just say, okay. oh, whoever wants right. it. 
Matt, you bring up a good point. I just Googled Jake Paul net worth. He's only, well, I always say only, but he's worth $11.5 So you might be right. There's no way. Dude, I saw he was selling his house that he bought for $2 million for like $8 million. And it's like, dude, even if you sell your house, you won't even have a fifth of that. So like, I don't, like, I know he's like a troll and like, it's funny and entertaining me because I, I kind of do think it's funny. Like I saw a video of a, uh, him on the I, beach. I'm not laughing at what he's doing. I'm laughing at him thinking he has a chance to do this. But I'm laughing that he <laughs> thinks he has 50 million. Like, he might. He might. I'll bet you everything I have he does not. And even if he has 50 million, why would he put all that towards the Conor McGregor fight? Just to get his ass kicked? Yeah, exactly. Like, even if they fight, they're not going to make more than 50 million. You think? Uh, a boxing match. I don't know. McGregor. I don't know. He, I'm just, I just trying to hear. He says the deal is real. He got the money from the bank or something. I don't know. It's a real check oh. he had, so I don't know where he got it. You can write out checks that aren't real. <laughs> uh, like, does it say a company on it? Yeah. So he got a loan from the Signature Bank, where he pretty much liquidated all his assets. That's why he's selling his house. Yeah. So hey, he, li- well, he literally is putting everything he owns on the line to fight McGregor because he liquidated. His I don't know house. if that's true, but just saying it is like, I don't think people understand how you take loans from banks. Like you need to pay that back. Yeah. Like it's not. So that means that means he thinks, but I don't know how much the Brandon, we talked about it. Do you remember how much the Tyson fight made that Logan fought Mike, on? The Mike Tyson fight? Uh, that was four people though, Josh, undercards and stuff. It was kind of different. Oh yeah, but you're um, if you had McGregor and Paul fighting, you would have a massive undercard too. Yeah, but my whole point is if Jake Paul's people, I don't even know if he has people, yeah, are the ones planning this, I'm not gonna bet on it doing well. Like that Mike Tyson fight, like Jake Paul was just invited. Like you know what I mean? Like Tyson was gonna fight regardless. Yeah, I guess. Wow. Uh, I just think I'm I'm tired. Okay, so how about this? The Mike Tyson and the Roy Jones fight generated $80 million in revenue. Yeah, but Jake Paul gets out of that, what, like $6 million? Like, Probably not. It was it, Jake didn't fight Logan. Yeah. Fought. Wait, no, who? No. Jake fought. Who, who fought the boxer, Brandon? Was it Jake or Logan? I, you, mean, Logan? Who, you, mean who, you mean who fought Nate Robinson? Yeah. Jake, Jake Paul fought Nate Robinson. Oh, Jake did? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I don't even know. I guess our questions are going to be answered because one of them's fighting Mayweather, so we'll see how much that one brings in. Yeah, Logan Paul, I think, is supposed to fight. You know what's weird? I heard about that for like two days, and I haven't heard them anything since. Is that yeah. still happening? Yeah, it's still happening. I can't remember when though. Yo, do you think Mayweather's broke? Like, why is he doing this? Like, I saw him on Cameo for only eight hundred dollars. Only eight hundred dollars. No, but I just mean like if if you have as much money as he makes and you still have it in the bank, you don't need to be on Campio for eight hundred dollars. I don't know, man. Uh, I'm interested to see how much that fight generates because I think that'll kind of put direction towards what McGregor's going to do. I guess. But so just to conclude, Dana White didn't catch his streamer. That's embarrassing. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. All right, Brandon, what's next? Uh, what is next? You had something you wanted to bring up, no? 
You wanted to go off on somebody. On somebody? On the Packers? Yeah, you told me to remind you you wanted to go off on someone. Nah. You're killing me here. Oh, well. Anyway, uh, I sent you guys this earlier. Uh, we're going to touch back on hockey. Uh, apparently, Patrick Laine was bullied in Winnipeg. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, by, was it Mark Shifley and uh, Blake Wheeler? Wheeler? I think it was they, everybody. What do you, and I saw the reasonings, and I don't know how, like, trustworthy this source is. Wait, Josh, what was the reasonings? Because I haven't heard the re- Just go, just give us the backstory, and then we'll talk about it. Uh, yeah, so apparently they would like put sand in his skates and stuff, which is kind of a dick move. Like, that's tough to get out, but um, also they felt threatened by him because he was supposed to be like a, a left winger or something, and Shifley didn't want to give up that role. And then uh, Paul Maurice apparently didn't have enough balls to stand up to it, so there, there was a lot of that going on. And Liney never felt comfortable standing up for himself because he was still seen as a rookie, and uh, Wheeler also thought it wasn't fair. Timu Solani, I don't know why Solani plays a role in this, that a new Finnish legend would come in and take Solani's spot. So Okay, so just to recap, <laughs> just to recap, Winnipeg was bad for a while. Like, Shifley and Wheeler took them kind of a second to get going, and they had some top ten picks or high picks, and they picked Ehlers, Connor, and I think Lane was the, the, uh, the next one. So he gets picked second overall. It's kind of the him versus Matthews debate. I think in his first year, he scores like 38 goals. And next year, he scores like 44 goals or something crazy before he had like a really bad year. So what my interpretation of this is Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler are jealous because maybe not now, but back then, Lonnie probably had the most jerseys. And they probably just heard Lonnie, Lonnie this. So Shifley and Wheeler teamed up, bullied him, didn't want him on his line, and just was really mean to him. And that's why Lonnie's been emotional for the last two years. Is that a recap? Yeah, you put it like that. That sounds really stupid, but yeah. No, it is stupid. That's why I put it like that. It makes zero sense. Like, I don't know if this is just, like, hockey culture, but, like, it is. imagine, like, like, why do you put, like, what? I don't understand, like, the thought process between Shifley and Wheeler. Where are you finding sand in Winnipeg to put in somebody's skates? No, but, like, I assume that when they're on the road in, like, Florida and Lonnie went out to party, they would, like, mess with his equipment. Like, it just, it just oh, seems weird. The one time a year they're in Florida. Or, or Anaheim or L.A., like, anywhere right. with sand. Like, I just think it's so weird. And like, like I remember when Evander I've King got I've seen sand in traded. Toronto. Yeah, I remember when Evander King got <laughs> traded. He talked about how much he hates Blake Wheeler and that Jack Roslevic says he doesn't like the veteran group. Like... Are Shifley and Wheeler just dicks, or like, what's happening? Shifley seems like a dick because he was oh, yelling. Oh, Shifley's a cock, man! Like, what? There's a soundbite, but uh, <laughs> like, like Shifley just seems like the type of guy you want to punch in the face. I got that vibe from him from the end of the Leafs game when Marner almost got his career ended, and then Shifley comes over like, "Don't bark at my guy!" Like, yeah, no, also, I remember when Blake Wheeler lost to St. Louis the year St. Louis won the cup. Like a reporter asked him, and he's like, "Oh." Yeah, I think we lost last year because I cared too much. Like, he, he's had some, like, weird quotes when you, like, peel it back. Yeah, and, re- like, reports are him and Bufflin didn't get along well either. Yeah, like, so I think, no offense to Blake Wheeler, I think he kind of has to change his mindset of, like, being a captain almost, it kind of sounds like. Oh, right, he's a captain. I forgot about that. Because I just feel like in Winnipeg, there's always some 
scandal, which is weird because like the most boring place on earth. Like I don't understand how all these problems are happening. Because like, Truba wanted to leave. They got nothing else to do. Yeah, Truba hated them and wanted to leave. Vander Kane hated them, wanted to leave. Wane hated them and wanted to leave. Roslovic hated them. Like, why does everyone hate these people? Bufflin had enough and just retired. Yeah, Bufflin just walked away. So, like, no offense to Shafley and Wheeler, but they kind of have to look in the mirror and be like, yo, why does everyone hate us? Like, it's kind of embarrassing. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. And go back that. to the Paul Maurice quote. You said he didn't think he could do anything. Like, is yeah. Not <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't want to give Winnipeg all the clout and stuff, but, like, if Shifley and Wheeler think they're hockey gods, they're clearly mistaken. Oh, I, I agree with that, 100%. Okay. So, just to kind of go back, should we uh, touch base in the Canadian division and just how it's shaking out if you think Montreal's legit contenders and uh, just talk about our division real quick? Uh, yeah, Montreal's a contender. Toronto's still the best team. Calgary looks more dangerous than I thought they would. Edmonton and Winnipeg are jokes. Vancouver's terrible. And Ottawa's fun, but not good enough. Wow. Um, okay, then. That was pretty good, actually, Josh. Thank you. But uh, <laughs> just to go for a team-to-team basis, Montreal is 4-0-2. Do we honestly think, like, when you said, I think, did you say contender? Did I hear you right? Oh, they're a contender, but. Like, uh, for the Stanley Cup or just to win the division? No, to win the division. Okay. So, what do we think is holding Montreal back? Because in my opinion, I know Suzuki and Kanyemi have potential, but until one of them breaks out as a true number one center, that can be a point of game and just be a beat. I don't see them beating a Matthews Tavares, a McDavid okay. Dreisaitl. You know what I mean? Because, so, like, yeah. So, here's the thing. Uh, Montreal has lost two games. Who did they lose to? They lost to uh, Toronto and um, – I don't remember the other one. Right. So one of their losses was against Toronto. They played well. They didn't win. They have played, I think, all of their wins come against Vancouver or Edmonton. (laughs) Right? Like, that's – they're being propped up right now, I think. They need – once they get into the tougher hat, like, once they play um, Calgary a couple times, like, I think even Ottawa's going to play them well. Well, when they play more than six games – like, I don't understand what's happening. Like, I know hockey, it's fun. But, like, like people need to understand when you look at other divisions, I think Dallas has played two games, and they're, like, they haven't lost yet. And the other person in their division has played seven games. Like, with COVID and the schedule, you could win a three-game winning streak, but all three games are against the same team. Well, that's, that's the way it is this year, right? Yeah, so I just think, like, we need to pump the brakes on Montreal, especially because they wanted Dubois, right? And I just remember people were saying – oh, we can't put Suzuki and Romanoff, that's fair. But then I heard people saying, oh, in one year, Kakanyemi will be better. And it's like, you don't know that. And people said, oh, Cole Coffey will score 50 goals. Like, I think all these Montreal fans need to take, like, like a, a backseat. Cole Coffey will score 50 goals. Dude, my, people in Montreal are going nuts. Like, I truly think they think – I don't want to know what they think, but, like, they're going all in this year. The GM's behind. The players are behind. Like, I don't know, man. Like It's going to be a shame when they get bumped in the first round. Exactly. Like, I think they built this year just to go on a run for this year and didn't think about the year after, the year after, the year after. Like, yeah, they have some good prospects, but, like, do we really think Joel Edmondson and Ben Schrott are going to ever play this good in their hockey careers again? No. Exactly. And even, like, Petrie and Gallagher are starting after this year. I think they each have, like, four to, like, seven years of making above six and a half. Like, so 
No, and Josh Anderson's seven-year deal. Like, I just think if I was a Montreal fan, I'd pump the brakes and hope that Suzuki and Kokinemi and Romanov can still develop. Because I think you're going to be a lot more likely to win when those guys are in their mid-20s than you will with the core of, like, uh, Weber, Price, and um, God knows who. Yeah, you're probably right there. But, um, oh, it's it, it's definitely been more fun because every game matters, right? Yeah. And just to go, I hear these fans are going nuts. What are wrong with the Vancouver Canucks boys? Brandon, I'll let you take this one. Yeah, apparently Elias Pettersson hasn't done anything, and that's of surprise to me. I honestly had them as a sleeper, to be honest. I thought that they were going to come out hot with Holpe just finding himself in a new place. Um, you don't, haven't heard anything from any of the elite uh, scorers. Besser, Horvat. I don't know who to put it on individually, but, I mean, what do you guys think that's faulting the Canucks? Inconsistent play. Um, their stars haven't shown up. They're relying too much on goaltending. I mean, you just simply can't there. And uh, their first, was it first two or three games were against Calgary. They got outplayed there. I mean, fans of Vancouver must have been just going nuts watching Josh Levo and Jacob Markstrom wreck havoc on them. Like, you know, what the hell? Those were our guys last year. Like, imagine that, you know, we tune in and then all of a sudden the Habs have Freddie Anderson and uh, I, I don't know some guy who's comparable to Levo, right? It's like, that's, that's bad, but, uh, you know, speaking of the Leafs uh, and Tyler Ennis went on waivers today, the Leafs are looking for another forward. Who do we think, do you think, do you think that's your answer, Tyler Ennis? I love Tyler Ennis. I love his, I love um, the maturity he would bring to someone like Robertson. Who wasn't get? Who doesn't? Who he might not get enough attention from the guys he needs, like Tavares and Matthews. So why not put Ennis in there to guide him a little bit? Uh, it, I'm not it, saying that Ennis is the guy. To be honest with you, I think we're just talking about him because he was put on waivers today. Yeah, it makes and he, sense. And he was the ones in a Leafs jersey, but it, he's not a game breaker, deal breaker, game changer by any means. Right. I don't think they're looking for a star for. Probably just looking for some depth with the injuries they have. Um, I mean, that's a depth player. Yeah. And they've shown they can play without star players. They won without Matthews. Uh, and then they, last night they squeaked the win out, but um, I don't know. It's just kind of, it, it would make sense for him to join this team since he's been in the system before and would be familiar with everybody. And he wouldn't have to quarantine because he's just coming from Edmonton to Toronto, but I, I don't, we'll see. Who knows? There's 15 or there's 15 to 18 teams ahead of Toronto who can claim them. So we'll see how that goes. But um, yeah, Leafs play tomorrow. We got Calgary at nine. See how it goes, right? Yeah, just my uh, two cents on the Tyler Ennis thing. I think it is pretty good just because he uh, forward his skill. He can play both wings up and down the lineup. But the only thing. Because of waivers, it's what you finished last year because it's too early in the season. I think we're so far down, like the teams that could put in the claim that we're probably not getting. And also, I thought Tyler Ennis would only make like 700000 but I think he makes a million bucks. Yeah. Which, which uh, I'm not big in the least cap situation, but like, can we even afford that? Because like, I figured uh, we're waivers. Yeah, yeah, because Joe, Joe Thornton and Nick Robertson are LTIR. No, I'm just saying when they get back, would we – because they both are swatting the left wing, which uh, Ennis would play. Would we just wave Ennis again or put him on the taxi squad? Yeah, probably. Okay. But we'll see there. All right. 
Uh, Brandon, I think we have an announcement about this Sunday. You go ahead. It's your, it's your, you've had the logistics. I'm excited for it. So this Sunday, uh, Matt, you can be a part of this if you want to, but I know you're not a fan of the show, um, is the Royal Rumble. So Brandon and I will be live for the whole show. Uh, are we doing the whole show? Yeah, I think so. We'll do the whole show. We're going to record and upload our reaction to the Men's Rumble, and then we'll upload that one because that'll be only about an hour. But the whole show will be on YouTube Live, so if you want to check in, come say hi. You can do that. We'll be joined by our buddy from school, and uh, we'll just have some beer, talk some wrestling, and react to the Rumble. So that'll be uh, that'll be some fun. The Rumble's great. Every 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 time it comes around, once a year, it's something that I think brings nostalgia for any wrestler fan. Yes. So, all right. Closing thoughts. Anthony Stewart said that Patrick Laine wakes up every day and scores 40 goals for breakfast. Patrick Laine has scored one, has scored 40 goals once. Is Anthony Stewart an idiot? Delusional. All right. We will see you on what? When will we, when are we going again? I don't know. When are we going again? I don't know, but we'll see you then. Bye everybody.